For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. We have another interview, and we have Laura, Laura DeFranco, here with us. And, you know, Laura, maybe the best thing is if you can just introduce yourself quickly to the audience, who you are, what you do, and of course, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, you guys. Um, it's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm Laura DeFranco, and I'm the owner of Brave Healer Productions. I'm a holistic physical therapist. I am an eight-time published author, business coach, inspirational speaker, spoken word poet, and a third-degree black belt in Taekwondo, if you can believe that. Um, right now, I'm serving healthcare practitioners and other healers who are really ready to kind of get their message out into the world in bigger ways, like think blogs, think books, podcasts, stuff like that. So um, yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me and, and um, helping me share this message. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here with us, but we won't be so much talking about the healing part, um, but one thing that caught my attention when uh, we discussed things earlier was <clears throat> networking for introverts. <laughs> yes. And I know, I know that this is a huge problem, especially for people who are just starting out in the entrepreneurial world and they feel shy, they, they feel... Uh, that maybe they are not good enough, they have imposter syndrome, all of those things and the fear of failure and so on. And uh, one of the things that you have to do is you have to start gathering an audience for whatever you do um, and talking to them. And so networking is, of course, one way to do that, either online networking or offline networking. And this is a huge, huge struggle. And... Uh, it caught my attention that you know a lot about this. And uh, that's why uh, I think that I would love to start with that. And um, the floor is yours. Uh, what, can you, what can you tell us about networking for insurance and yeah. how to do it properly to grow your business? Such a great topic. You know, I was at an, uh, an event the other night and um, I was mentioning to the audience that it took me something to get from painfully shy to the open mic. And people who meet me now, they don't believe that I was painfully shy at one point in my, in my life. You know, when I started to build a business, it, was, it felt like torture because I was that sort of shy personality, super introverted. 
And I would be walking into, you know, doctor's offices, trying to network with people, going to meetings and literally just like staring at my feet because I didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do. But, you know, after building two businesses now, I've learned a thing or two. And, you know, the journey for me has been about kind of standing tall inside of my worthiness and realizing that I'm there to help the other person. It's really, I got to get out of my own way on this. You know, we all have our inner critic mindset and we get in our way so much, in our own way so much, we get paralyzed by the thoughts in our head about what the other person might think about us. So, you know, there's so much to talk about there. But um, I turned a corner when I realized it's just a conversation. You're just getting to know somebody. And when you walk into a room and you know that you're there to network, if you walk into the room thinking that you'll succeed only if you sell somebody, that's the biggest mistake. And I think that's what I did in the beginning. I set myself up for total disaster with that mindset. But if you walk into the room with the goal of just getting to know somebody, First of all, it's way more fun that way. And second of all, you can just take a deep breath and really connect on more of an authentic human level and getting to know someone else and what they do, what their business is all about, even to the point that you can recommend them to someone else, that's networking. That's going to build your business. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem, um, I mean, one of the... uh, um, so especially when I talk with entrepreneurs is I think they want to um, achieve too much too fast yeah. without having any leverages. I mean, right. in my opinion, the only way to speed up the business development process is if you have and if you use leverages. If you have the leverage of money, bam, you can go to a marketing agency, get your message out uh, super fast to a lot of people. Uh, if you don't have the money, well, you have to do it organically in, in, in the beginning. Um, and, and the same goes here. If you have a leverage of existing networks or something like that, you can use that. But if you don't have, you need to create those networks. And um, I, I think, I don't know, on one hand, we are all discussed when somebody sends us a cold pitch, you know, um, connects with you on LinkedIn or on Facebook and bam, like a moment later, they try to add you to their group. They try to add you to like their page. Uh, they send you a message that's really like, hey, um, this is what I sell. Uh, would you like to buy? And we all are like, well, does that even work? But then when we are on the other side, and we go into a networking event, we want to achieve, I believe, too much, too fast. And because of that, instead of us really just starting conversations and, 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 and getting to know people, we are in our head trying to make a sale or at Definitely. least marketing research. Yes, definitely. And I think that you just you just hit the key on that is we're in our head, we're, we're thinking too much, we're trying to solve that issue of wanting to do too much too fast, and thinking a whole lot of things that um, are definitely not helping us. I love the I love the term leverage, you know, leverage what you have, because at any stage, you you have something to start with, you know, so for me, it was le- figuring out that I could leverage a pretty wide um, 
a pool of connections that I had made in the, you know, in healthcare and holistic healthcare um, specifically. So I could introduce people to other people. I could, you know, create collaborations. I could do some pretty cool things. So yeah, I love that. I love the word leverage there. Um, And everybody has something, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, even if you look at somebody who just came fresh out of college and even if they want to do something for, I don't know, let's say older people. I mean, at least what they have, they, they usually have a mom, dad, maybe a few uncles and, and, and aunts and the friends of their uh, parents and so on. And that can perhaps lead to potential conversations. You just exactly. need to really brainstorm what are some of the leverages that are available to me. And often they aren't out there in the open and you can just say, oh, this is my leverage. But you need to do a bit of brainstorming. You need to dig a little bit deeper and everybody can find something um, uh, to be their leverage. Definitely. So everybody. And I know. Yes, I agree. That's a great, and that is a great one. We all have, uh, you know, the inner circle around us and you know there will be connections. You just maybe think of something else about, you know, networking. You're walking in a room and, you know, maybe you are the uh, fellow introvert like I am. And somebody gave me a little tool. They just said, go to an event with a goal of of making two good connections. Because you know how sometimes you'll be done with a networking event and you'll go in and you'll collect as many business cards as possible. And you'll just, you know, go around the room like, like a maniac and hi, you know, this is what I do. This is what I sell here. Let's exchange cards. And you get home and you've got like 20 business cards in front of you on the table, but you don't know anybody. You didn't like, you didn't take it that step further. So someone told me just like, you know, go with the goal of making two great connections where maybe you actually set up a coffee next week or whatever. And that kind of took all the pressure off of me when I thought about it that way. And now I have a lot more fun at those. (laughs) No, but absolutely. It's about the quality, not the quantity. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've seen so many people who will say, oh, I have 5,000 connections in my phone. (laughs) And my question is, well, how many of those would, you know, come to help you if in the middle of the night you are stranded somewhere and you have a flat tire and you don't have a (laughs) spare one how many can you really call from that amazing big list yeah great question right (laughs) um it's really as simple as that but i think i don't know somehow this society has brought us to um numbers everything is numbers game um i want it all i want it now and 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 so on i think there's so many influences from the outside world and we can easily get distracted and we don't realize and you know so many gurus out there promising you know like even if you have no connections no knowledge no experience no nothing you can make a first high ticket client in i don't know 90 days Well, I mean, mean, it's only possible if you have leverages. If maybe you already have somebody in your network who is ready and willing to give you a chance uh, and and you can test it on them and they're ready to buy something from you. But without anything to offer, without uh, having any knowledge, how even if you get the client, can you really help them? Um, I mean, 
honestly, yes, maybe you will be able to get a client, but um, I think that client will for sure um, use your refund uh, policy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's possible, of course. It's possible. Um, but I think the, the real point there is that we need the experiences. We need to go through and learn things and meet people and create deeper connections. And honestly, if that's way more fulfilling for me these days um, than just the superficialness of all the, the stuff that you're talking about that's out there. Um, you know, I just, I want to feel good in this process and live a really rich, good life and just uh, doing things that way isn't, you know, it's not the way if you want to be joyful. Yeah. Um, Laura, um, just a few days ago, I got a question from uh, a person that I know and he asked, he, I mean, he didn't ask me, he, he more like stated that his biggest problem is uh, offline networking events and that when he goes into those events meetups uh, you know conferences and so on that he just kind of either stay with people he knows already mm-hmm. or if he's the only one there he will just you know be shy in a corner um, you know and not really you know go and introduce himself to anybody do, do you have any suggestions how you would help somebody like that? Yeah, you have to realize that you've got gifts. So first, you have gifts to give and don't be selfish. Come on. Like what if somebody in that room really needs what you have and you have, you're the wallflower, you're going to stay stuck to the wall, you're not going to talk to anybody and then nobody is going to be helped by your amazing whatever it is. You know, so that's number one. So I get kind of hardball on this And listen, I feel you guys, I came from doing that. I was that. But, you know, the fear is boring to me at this point, because you were born to, you know, do what you do, help other people with it. And if we're not sharing it out loud, especially in these personal connections, then there's going to be no way that that those people are going to even understand what you do. But I'll go back, you know, for that wallflower, let's turn it around 180. Look around the room, find the other person that is doing what you're doing, the one that's standing in the corner, maybe doesn't know who to talk to, and you go be the champion for them. Walk over to them and ask them questions. It's all about asking questions. People do enjoy talking about themselves, right? So, you know, hey, how you doing? Where'd you come from today? Hey, you know, you can you can do some chit chat and just ask the person questions, get them to open up. So wallflowers out there, go save another wallflower. You yeah, know? and I mean, you, you, <laughs> you can easily spot something. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they have a, 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 a good looking <laughs> cat on their head. And you say, hey, yes. that, that, that's an interesting uh, hat. Uh, um is there a story behind it? Like, I mean, you can use so many little things um, or, or in the online world, uh, you know, you add somebody uh, as a friend on Facebook. All you have to do, click on their profile. Um, it's, it's very likely that they've posted something recently and just figure out something from there. Oh, that's a good 
interesting take or I don't think the same way um, uh, and this is why or oh um, I saw your picture with your with your dog uh, what a cute puppy um, how <laughs> did you get that I mean there's so I mean Honestly, like sometimes I, I really have very hard time when people ask me about these things because they became so natural to me. But I do remember many years ago when I was starting out, I was also that same person. I would stay there. I mean, my, my cure was a little bit different. Um, so I just, before an event, I would go to the bar and, and do a few shots of whiskey. And that, <laughs> and, and that loosened me up. And I'm not promoting alcohol. I'm not saying that that's something somebody has to try. But that was kind of like my, my thing. I mean, I would have just enough so that, you know, I was I, I I stopped caring a little bit of of oh what they might think or what they might and just to get myself out of my head, but not enough that I would you know be inappropriate or anything. Exactly, uh, we all have to realize that everyone's sort of thinking the same thing, and we all you know we're all there doing the same kind of thing. So just getting out of your head and and moving outward toward the other person, maybe what they need in the moment will get you out of yourself. Um, and out of your own thinking. You know, I love, um, yeah, you're right. There's always something. You can look around the room and you can make a comment about something you see. You can look at what the person's wearing and make a, you know, hopefully a nice comment. (laughs) Yeah, or maybe it's like, hey, um, did you enjoy the buffet that, you know, the food? uh, uh, Or, um, hey, hey, what's what's this cocktail that you're drinking? Or like anything, literally anything you can pull something out of thin air to start the conversation and then if it's meant to be it's meant to be and if it if it if if you see that the, the other person is you know engaging back cool if not just move to another person maybe exactly. they're not the chatty one and i mean you know sometimes like sometimes i have these interviews and i get people who aren't that chatty and then we finish the interview in 20 minutes i try to milk the the value but you know obviously we can't just go on and on and on and sometimes before i i look at the time i see oh we are already almost one hour into the interview it's it's like we are all different and with some people we click with some we don't uh if you see that after you try exchanging a few sentences back and forth there is no click move on Yep, it's exactly that's it. Low, you know, you can make it low stress on yourself. And you mentioned if you're there with friends, you know, another great thing is just to um, go to one of the people that you already know and say, "Hey, um, who do you know here that you could introduce me to?" And or if you're the you're the other friend, if you're the friend of the wallflower, please, I hope you're doing that for your friends already. You know, you're taking them by the hand and pulling them off the wall and bringing them over to somebody else that you know that they don't know yet. You know, like we got to help each other out. We got to do this together, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm always trying to be a good wingman when I'm I'm going somewhere with somebody and they're too shy. And then I just take them by the hand and let's go meet this person. Let's go Mm -hmm. talk with this. And and I would break the ice and then it's so easy. But yeah, I mean, nowadays when... You know, when you look at how I do things, of course, it's it almost probably from an outside perspective. Oh, he was born with being is you know uh, fun of the party. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't like that. And, and then it's all about consistency. If you go to 
two or three meetups every week, after a few weeks, it will be like you were naturally born into, you know, being the, the, the fun of the party. Uh, but if you only go to two meetups a year and you have six months in between, you're almost back to step one when you go to the next one. So uh, for like one thing is uh, to sum it up uh, in a little bit, um, to be successful entrepreneur, you need to become good communicator, good networker. Um, everything that we do in business is, ta- is, is human to human. Even if you do business with corporations, it's not business to business, like some people say it. Yes, you issue an invoice to the corporation, but there's still a person there who you have to, uh, uh, I mean, who decides that they will order something from you. So everything that we do is human to human. And we, we, so one thing is, you either need to push yourself a little bit force yourself a little bit in the beginning and then repeat it as often as possible and and it will become your second nature or another way to go around it and i've seen entrepreneurs do that as well is you can of course partner or jv with somebody who's good at networking but maybe sucks at i don't know business operations and you are good with the numbers and 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 the processes and this and that but then you pro- partner with that uh, with that person and you kind of balance each other out. So that's another way how you can overcome if you can't overcome it by yourself. Definitely. We have to remember that they, these are skills and that takes practice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so- yeah. the softer the skill, the more practice it takes. Uh, the hard skills, you know, how to manage your cash flow. I mean, you, you can just watch uh, a good course bam and and tomorrow you implement that into your business uh, practice uh but with soft skills it's it's not like that you can't read a book today and then tomorrow you're a completely different person it's 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 all about practicing that new behavior before it becomes your new autopilot your new second nature definitely I got used to going out to events by myself and, you know, I would invite different people to go with me and maybe they would say, no, I can't do it this time. And so I had, I really had to conjure up the courage to arrive by myself for all the reasons we're talking about today. Um, But doing that regularly uh, has built me new friendships. It's been, it's been really fantastic. And again, speaking as that pretty painfully shy person in the beginning, this does get better. You guys, it gets better. Absolutely. Yeah, I can attest to that as well. I, I wasn't um, who I like the same as I am today when I started out and, and I know how scary it was and, and oh, what, why would that person even talk to me or, um, you know, I would look around and it was all people I knew from the media and oh, wow, they're such an A-lister and who am I, just a kid trying to do something and I mean, why would that person even talk to me and this and that? I mean, there were so many things going through my head that were saying, you know, just stay in the corner and, you know, um, finish your drink and just go home. And, and, and often in the beginning, that was the case. I would go to a, a networking event. Where usually they had some presentation. I would listen to that. Um, I was never the one to ask any follow-up questions. Um, I would just sit quietly in, in my chair 
Um, and then, you know, it was the networking part. I would just grab, I don't know, uh, a little coffee or something that they were offering, um, quickly drown that down, uh, look around. Oh, I don't know anybody. And I would just go away, go home. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I mean, that, that, yeah, that was the case quite, yeah. a, lot, quite a lot of the times. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to point out that, yes, like you say, it can be overcome and it can become uh, completely different. You and I are, are an example of that. Yes. Oh, for sure. Laura. For sure. It, it can even get fun, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, now going <laughs> to networking events and so on, like that's, that's. Uh, uh, I mean, the only thing that's bigger fun for me is go to a hip hop club. <laughs> hey, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, and, Good. And, and shake a little bit my booty. But, but, but other than that, yeah, networking uh-huh. events, meeting other entrepreneurs, chatting, having conversation. I mean, wow, yeah. I mean, uh, best part of being an entrepreneur, at least for me. Nice. <laughs> um, what about, Laura, we were talking so now about the offline meetings, so networking event conferences and so on. Um, I mean, it's more or less the same in the online world. Uh, and, and I say this to everybody, to all my clients and so on. Like, the more you treat the online world as if it's the offline world, the better you will be. Uh, just be a human. Don't think that the online world is anything different. But I see, let's say, especially with people who are 35, 40 years plus, so we who weren't really born with iPad in our hands, um, we kind of tend to think, oh, the online world is this scary big thing and it's a completely different thing and you have to do everything differently. Um, I'm sure you do a lot of networking online as well. So what are some of your experiences? What are some of uh, the things you would share with the audience when it comes to online networking? Well, you're right. I feel like I feel very lucky to have been in sort of a transition where I learned it and really rolled with it, you know, versus maybe um, an older generation. I was kind of like right in the middle. And what, what a miracle it is to be online and be able to make connections with people all around the world. That's what I want people to think about it. This is exciting is what you should be thinking. But it really is the exact same to me. In my mind, it's about making relationships. If you're not there in person with the person, you have to understand that that is still a human with a face and a name and and you can reach out and you can start a relationship by getting to know the person with a comment, a message, um, you know, setting up a call after that. But it's really about that human connection still, even online. You know, and if you start to put the mask on or you be somebody different online than you are in person, that's a huge mistake, I think, because people see through it. And they get the vibe and they'll run in the other direction. So just be yourself. Reach out to people that you're interested in getting to know. And from there, I think all things are possible online as well. Yeah. And especially in that early stage of... So uh, I, I often use you know the whole dating thing as an example. So in, in the early stage of the dating, when, when it's your first date or the second date, um, don't have... Um, you know, <clears throat> don't think about popping the question yet. 
yeah. you know, so take it, take it, take it one step at a time. Um, uh, you know, uh, for the first two or three dates, um, you wouldn't be probably talking already about how many kids you want and where do you want to live and how many dogs and so on. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to say here is, uh, you know, people make a connection and already in their head is, is that somebody who can become my client? Is that somebody who I can ask questions to do my marketing research? Instead of right. just... I Let's take it one step at a time, get to know each other a little bit, and then I, I will know exactly if that's somebody who can be or, or can't be my ideal client or somebody I can do some research with. But I have to first develop the relationship at least a little bit. Yeah, and of course, we're, it's natural to think that way. We, you know, we know who we are. We know what we do. We start to get a feel for if that person could be. But here's how I like to go into that conversation the first time or two is you don't really know if the person is going to be your perfect ideal client or possibly as you get to know the person, they know someone who's perfect for what you do. And so whether it be that one, that perfect person or, or they know somebody that they can introduce you to, but if you go head on into it with, um, again, we talked about it earlier in the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, just selling everything, you'll turn them off too quickly and you won't even get to know if they have somebody to introduce you to. Yes. So it's always about getting to know the person and without expectation, right? Because that's what we're talking about. We have all these expectations in our head about like who this is and maybe they could be the best client ever but hey maybe they know someone who you know could be that person yeah. for you as long as you do a little bit of let's say pre-qual like pre-qualification first i mean and that's the same as in the offline world as well i mean if you go to a networking event where there's 500 people and <clears throat> let's say thing, the thing that you sell is meant for um, I don't know. Let's say older men. Well, uh, you might not go straight to uh, the younger women first and network with them. I mean, you would first probably go to the older men, and then once you've done your thing there, maybe then you go uh, and and say, okay, maybe this younger women they 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 have fathers and uncles who might be and, and who they might connect me with. And I mean, the same in the online world. If if you are offering a service or a product that's meant for, I don't know, people from California, well, then don't start connection with people from um, Singapore. Yeah, right. Because the likelihood, it's, it's smart. <laughs> the likelihood of them knowing many of your potential clients is, is probably very small. Um, if any at all, and and so that would be um, a, a not so wise decision um, to do. So you need to understand at least a little bit what what your market looks like, and and who might know that market or who is that market, and then um, based on that, you know who you wanna connect with. Exactly. It's good to be smart about it. We're all busy. We don't want to be wasting our time, right? So if you get through this long, drawn out conversation with somebody only to get to the end of it and realize it's not going to go anywhere, that gets frustrating. And I think people 
they do get frustrated or they give up too soon because they've had a few experiences like that. But it's just like you said, you know, think a little bit beforehand. Who is it that you really want to talk to? You know, um, do do a little bit of, yeah, I think you called it pre-qualifying. And it's, got, it's a smart way to yeah. go. I mean, I remember when I started my online journey, there was... I really had no idea who my ideal client is. I mean, it was like entrepreneurs and that was it because, you know, I've mm-hmm. been in business for the 20, for 23 years. I've done so many different things that I, you know, obviously I can help a few different uh, people in a few different niches and so on. And so I was very unsure, like, who do I want my ideal client to be? So what do I, did I do? I was just jumping on a call with anybody who, was either thinking about entrepreneurship or was an entrepreneur. And then my it was my reflection on that call after the call that gave me uh gave me answers, you know, like, oh, was this enjoyable call? If no, okay, what defines this person that maybe we didn't have an enjoyable call? And and I figured out maybe, I don't know, they have a very, very different why. And we don't connect on that level. Oh, so why is important to me? Okay, what what kind of whys do wipe really well with me? And then slowly, little by little, week by week, just by doing this reflection and really asking myself good questions um, that gave me uh, some results. So every call was a valuable call, whether it was a good or a bad, because I was able to learn from one and the other. And then this reflection was helping me to get clearer and clearer with who my ideal uh, client is and where do I find them? How do I find them? How can I figure out whether they are uh, just by looking at their profile and, and so on? What are some of the things that I'm looking for when I click on their profile and so on. And that gave me a lot of information so that now when I really connect with somebody, it's the likelihood is very high that they are already somebody who, you know, either might need my services or at least they might be connected with people who are my potential ideal clients. And, and then it's, it's much easier to invest time to do it step by step because you know that you're already talking. I think not having that clarity is why people want to go very broad because they have no clarity. They try to create a message that should resonate. At least they think that it should resonate. And then they want to spam the whole internet um, and, and try and catch the few that will resonate with that. Of course, when you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. And we have to really remember that. And I went through a very similar process of getting some clarity. And so I like hearing how how you did that. I did the same thing. Every call was like an adventure in getting a little more clarity, you know, and just um, I would take a lot of notes and I would. And once you start to feel that clarity and it is in the niche, I think, um, and people are afraid to niche down, but really they should be excited because it's when you get, um, you know, pretty focused that the magic starts to happen. Yes, absolutely, because your content then resonates with that specific types of people. And I mean, I don't know how you define niche. Um, I, I do a little bit of the demographics and all of that as well. Of course, I do. But you know, for me, 
uh, a niche is not so much a specific industry. A lot of people think that choosing a niche needs to be a specific industry. For me, it's it's more, I, I know that I work the best and I vibe the best with mompreneurs because they have this yeah. amazing vibe. They have this amazing drive. And if they're hungry and they you develop trust, they will listen to you. They will do things. They are hundred times easier to work with than than men because men especially when they have big ego we we tend to always try and find you know shortcuts even where there aren't any shortcuts um but you know uh, and women uh especially mompreneurs they're already used to being busy to having a lot of things to do and so on so they're the most amazing client for any coach at least from my perspective Definitely. We are master multitaskers and action takers. <laughs> so like, how, how can you beat that? Right? So yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's and similar. It doesn't have to be an industry. But if you can even get it down to what you're talking about, um, you're gonna, you're gonna have a lot more yeah. success. I mean, for me, niche is a group of people that is connecting, connected with something. And I, uh, so, you know, um, I more go for values, emotions, why. So the soft things, how I can connect that group of people through those soft things more than, you know, just the bare demographics um, and, 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 and yeah. industry Agreed. and so on. But yeah, that's a little bit maybe um, my own take on it. Um, Laura, <clears throat> I think it's enough about the networking part. Uh, we, we, I think we, we shared a lot both of us on that, but uh, there's one other thing that I really want to your uh, view and your opinion and, and maybe some um, actionable steps that our audience can do. And I know it's a huge problem for early stage entrepreneurs, especially fear of not being good enough or um, what it's called the imposter syndrome. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, your fear of not good enough is boring. You heard me say it earlier in the interview because you're the the way that you do things, you're you're offering the thing that is your gift to give to the world in exactly the way that you say it and do it. Somebody's waiting for that. And so if we sit around stuck in our not good enough, uh, you know, a lot of people have a perfectionism attached to that and they do a lot of comparison and all of a sudden they feel not good enough and they don't do anything. But, um, you know, I'll tell you a little story about that. I met uh, a woman messaged me on uh, Facebook a few years back and she had read something I wrote on an online blog and she said, hey, I loved it. Um, do you have any more links to send me? And um, so I did. I sent her a couple links, but I I went a step further and I wrote something for her. I had learned that she was a mother of five and she had been struggling with depression. So I wrote up a blog about self-care and I asked my audience to step up in the comments because I knew I had other mothers. I had other, um, you know, women and mothers and and women who had suffered with depression and all of the stresses of being a mother. And I had healers in my audience too. So they, they did, they stepped up in the comments with love and support and advice. And my gal started to feel the connection and the hope and to fast forward the story. She, we developed a connection and a friendship. She went 
forward to writing her first two blogs to share with the world. But what I didn't know at the time was that she had actually been planning the suicide note she'd write to her husband and five kids. And I'm telling you guys, if that is the only thing I ever do with my life, it will have been enough to share my gift and to now realize that somebody was paying attention and that it changed their life. This is why you guys have to get over your, your not good enough fear because it is preventing somebody else from, you know, receiving that gift that only you have to give. So how cool is it that I get to share this story, right? And that fires me up every single day at this point. So hopefully I fired up a couple people who are listening to this well, today. I, I do hope <laughs> as well, because yeah, um, I, you're absolutely right. And um, I constantly repeat um, the, the same thing in, in a similar way, but you know, I'm always happy when um, my guests uh, also have that similar view, and and you know, so that my audience can hear it from multiple sources, and maybe you know, maybe the way I say it can't inspire them, but maybe the way you say it will inspire them. So whenever I see that somebody wants to talk about that, I always uh, you know try to get that out of them because uh, yeah, we all have something that we can give to this world and and we shouldn't be shy we shouldn't uh, be held by imposter syndrome i mean that doesn't mean that you can that you have to stop learning and growing go ahead and and the more you will learn the more you will grow even broader audience you will be able to serve and to help and with time but you know that's cool but you can always start right away you have something even if you're just fresh out of college, I don't know, maybe you've overcome, I don't know, something about learning or maybe an adversity that you were uh, went through or something. So we all have, I mean, nobody's life is so boring that there's nothing that they've achieved or done that might be valuable to somebody else. Yes, completely agree with you. Another way to look at it is, it doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, what you've done. You're always just one step ahead of somebody who hasn't been through it yet. And so if you, you know, entrepreneurs just look at yourselves in that respect too, there's always somebody you can help no matter what stage you are Absolutely. in the game. I remember a few years, like quite a few years ago or a decade ago or something like this. Um, I, I was working, you know, that Gary V hustle, hustle, grind, grind, 24-7 style, minus a few hours of sleep. And eventually, I ended up in hospital because that's the only way where that mindset mm. will take you to. I was completely burned out. And, and yeah. then the result of that was that I really had to work on my productivity and so on. And through the work I, I was doing on myself, I was able to become what i call now the four hour a week ceo um which which means that you lay down such solid foundation that uh you know the system is running uh, the whole thing and, and you just oversee it and you need about four hours a week to to just oversee and and do some reflection and brainstorming and so on in between and you know i never thought that that's anything special uh, for me, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I did this and, and this is the result. And I I never saw that as anything to put out there. 
And it was only then uh, one coach mm. who was trying to, because I was that shy person, you know, like, oh, but more people did much more amazing stuff than I did. And, you know, for me, everything that I achieved, everything that I did felt, well, but there are others who achieved more. But I was never looking at others who also maybe achieved so far less and would value what I can tell them. And it was that coach that, that turned my right. mindset and, and you know, to, to start talking. And it was amazing when I started talking about this four-hour CEO, how many CEOs turned to me and wanted to know more. And I felt like, well, that's nothing special. But for them, it was like, wow, I need to learn this. I, I need your help on this. I would love to, to, to know how you can achieve that, uh, that position. And I love that. I love it. Here's another way. Here's another thing for you. Like it's everything has been done before, but not by you. So like it's your unique twist, your unique voice, your unique way of being in the world that is that it's what makes what you do different than the next person you're comparing yourself to. Right. So I like that too. I like to think about that when I'm offering things that I'm doing and I'm looking around at all the other people who are offering the same things and, you know, but they're, they're not doing it yeah. like me. I think you that's know? Um, a very specific thing, especially in Europe, because from everything that I know in, in Europe, you know, like in, in the US, you want to, you know, when you do something good, often you want to, you know, boast a little bit about it you know like oh i made 100k this month or something like that so people aren't that afraid i guess of sharing but in in, in europe in in many mm -hmm. uh like the more northern you go it's it's almost like oh i we don't talk about you know our paychecks or this or that because you know we we don't want people who might earn less than us feel you know lesser so it's it's almost like oh you have to be um, overly humble, overly shy about your accomplishments, instead of thinking, maybe if I share that, and if I tell people how I achieved that, they can learn from that, they can be inspired by that, and I can help them achieve the same. It's like, oh, no, I, I won't share because you know, I don't want anybody to feel bad because maybe they're not at doing the same as I am. So. Um, but that's another way because if you start looking at it, well, if I share that, I can inspire people and I can share yes, the knowledge and uh, then I can help them to achieve the same results. And, and by doing that, I can change lives. Definitely. It's a mindset shift that you have to make. It's not, um, many, many of us were taught not to brag or boast and, you know, basically you were a bad person if you did that. So think about that belief, uh, those thoughts and that belief, right? And you, you may have grown up with it. And so it's so ingrained, but just shift it a little bit because when you're inspiring somebody with your story, then that can be a complete game changer for that person. So that's how I like to, I love to shift that mindset when it, you know, when it comes up in me. Because it's just so much more opportunity to help people when you're sharing. Yes, absolutely. Well, Laura, we are obviously both quite chatty people. And we've gone for quite some time now. And uh, uh, let me go over to my last two questions. Uh, so the first question is, 
Uh, we've talked now a lot about business, business advice, and so on, and that's that's perfect. That's the point of this podcast. But tell us a little bit about Laura. Just anything you want to share about <laughs> your your personal life. Well, um, I love cars. I have since I could drive when I was 16. And a few years back, I finally bought my dream car, which is a 2016 Shadow Black EcoBoost convertible oh, wow. Mustang. And um, that is just, I love driving. And I especially love driving now that I can drive that car. But the the story goes that um, when I bought it, I also modified it and did a bucket list thing. I uh, I drag raced it a couple times on the track oh, here wow. in Maryland. <laughs> so that's that's something about me that uh, some people know, but not everybody knows. Because uh, when I tell that story, they think, "Oh boy, she's she must be a little crazy." So yeah, it's really fun. Love love the uh, I love awesome. cars in general. Well, and 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 my <laughs> last question, Laura is what's that last golden wicked uh, nugget of wisdom uh, that you want to share with the audience? Mm. So you were born so you're worthy. Your message matters. What if the thing you're still a little afraid to share is exactly the thing that would change or even save somebody's life? It's time to be brave. Perfect. Perfect ending to a very good episode. And of course, um, all your links and everything will be in the show notes. So whoever wants to find you, reach out to you, uh, whoever needs some help uh, um, and wanna, want to talk to you, uh, all those links, everything will be in the sh- sh- uh, show notes. So guys, if you want to reach out to Laura, if you want to talk to her, check out the links and and just choose whichever social media platform or whichever way uh, suits you best to to get in touch with her. Um, And with that, Laura, I just want to say thank you. Uh, Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for uh, being my my guest. And I really appreciate you for all the knowledge you shared, all the tips and tricks, the inspiration, and really like everything that you do uh, is, is very uh, positive, very inspirational. So I appreciate you for that as well. And I wish you all the best on your journey. Thank you very much. Same back to you. Thanks so much for having me.